Hey, it's Jen Garrett here, and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready. It's your time to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I am having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. So today, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Naquan Jones. Naquan is a defensive tackle who played college football at Michigan State. During his college career, Naquan was a four-year letter winner, and he had 78 career tackles, including 12-and-a-half tackle for loss, TFLs, three sacks, three pass breakups, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Naquan, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Well, I appreciate you being here with us today. So let's kick off our conversation with you just telling us more about your story and how did you get into football? Um, yeah, so it was actually pretty interesting. Uh, I started playing football when I was five years old. My grandmother, she was a huge advocate for me playing football. Growing up, she basically wanted to limit my time for me to, <laughs> I really didn't have much free time. She, uh, she made sure I was pretty active with sports, you know, year round. If I wasn't playing football, I was playing basketball, you know, on three different basketball teams. It was funny because I've explained the story a few times, but growing up, I, I for sure thought I was going to be a basketball player. My grandmother literally had to, like, drag me out of the car to go to football practice. You know, me and her would fight every year when football time came around because I, I for sure thought I was going to be, you know, on someone's basketball team. But she really opened my eyes. And when, when I got a little bit older, she, you know, I – I started to develop that love for the game. And that's when I figured out that football is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. What was it that really excited you about football once you had that realization? Just the competitive nature in me. I like winning, getting better. I didn't really see it as like a possible future until like offers actually started. Division one offers started coming in. and You know, I was getting a lot of interest from a bunch of different schools. And um, that's when I really realized like, hey, I have a gift and I have a talent, you know, so I'm going to keep developing on that. When I got to college, you know, I was, I uh, had some ups and downs and, you know, there's obviously some success in the story of my collegiate career. And, um, you know, I, I really saw that that was the future that I wanted to have. Love it. And as we know, the great athletes on the field, the great leaders in life, they focus on that getting better, that continual improvement. Share with us, what are you currently working on? And secondly, was there somebody that really pushed you to be better? I have a pretty small circle. I'd like to say they, they have a huge impact on what I do daily. I had some ups and downs in college and I, you know, I lost my mother. You know, I'd use that as motivation every day. My mentor pushes me every day. My grandmother, you know, I just do it for my younger sisters. Since I left school, I've, I've lost like 20 pounds. And, you know, I, I really, that was my main goal during this process. And um, I wanted to show teams I was serious about dropping weight. They asked me all the time, why, why did I decide to do that now? And, you know, I was immature in college. I didn't really take the nutrition seriously. And that's something that, like, that's a key component to what I'm doing now um, outside of workouts, eating a lot healthier, putting the things that need to be in my body, in my body, doing extra conditioning and just doing little things to maintain. Like I said, I lost 20 pounds. So I just want to stay around that range. I feel like that would make me the best football player I can be. You know, I took it really serious during this time to actually like drop that weight. Sure. And you mentioned nutrition and whether you're playing football or not, that's still something that all of us 
really should be focused on. And so that's something that I personally have been really working on the last couple of months. In my book, Move the Ball, I talk about lessons that football teaches us and how we can grow both on and off the field. Can you share with us some of the lessons that football has taught you? You know, it's taught me little things from like brotherhood all the way up to one thing that I really hear from my coaches all the time is um, just control what you can control. I actually watched a show with Antoine last week and I heard him say something similar because that's really what we, you know, what was instilled in us. We hear that all the time. That's very frequent. It makes a lot of sense. Like I said, I've gone through some adversity in my life, things that have affected me traumatically. And um, you can only control what you can control, especially during this time. What you put in is what you're going to get out. If you work hard and push yourself every day, you're going to see results. Things like that, you know, just being accountable uh, with how our coaches were on us, you know, <laughs> being practical is a key component. You don't want to be late for anything. So it just teaches you small things from like responsibility all the way, you know, to like accountability. Sure. I can say I've learned many lessons from football. Sure. And those small things, they make a big difference, though. So it's not they always do. big things that you have to do to see the results. It's those little things that add up and that consistency, driving that accountability. That's what gets you the results that you want. Exactly. This year, the NCAA, they granted a blanket waiver for the 2020 season due to COVID, which would allow players such as yourself to go back and play another year, right? And you chose to forego that extra year of eligibility. Talk to us about that decision. It was a tough decision, but I felt like it was the best one for me and my family. Like I said, I lost my mother my junior year. Growing up, she was huge on academics. She wanted me to be successful on the field. And um, her big thing with me was, you know, just getting my degree graduating high school or graduating college and you know she wasn't huge on athletics but she her big thing was academic so I graduated you know I had a way better senior season than my junior season and did everything I needed to do at Michigan State. You mentioned your mom passing a couple times I've also lost a parent Uh, my dad passed away very unexpectedly so I know what that's like sorry for your loss as well. Every guy that decides to go to the draft they write a letter to their school right talking about their decision to to come out. And uh, in that statement, you mentioned the coaching staff, Coach D'Antonio, Coach Brad Salem, Mel Tucker, Coach Ron Burton, who you have referred to as both a father figure and a role model. Talk to us more about what the coaching staff has meant for you. Growing up, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with my dad. He spent a lot of time in jail. He's currently in jail right now. So it's tough, especially with the things that I had to endure in life. I didn't really necessarily have a set father figure. I depended on my coaches heavily for that. That's why I felt I've built such a great relationship with these coaches because I actually took them in and, you know, I let them be that father figure to me instead of pushing them away, the help that they wanted to give me. I feel like I I get along with a lot of coaches because just my willingness to learn, you know, and want to get better. So once a coach sees that, you know, it's, it's very easy to build that relationship with them. Is there any piece of advice coaches have said to you that's kind of really stuck with you? (laughs) So coach Burton has, he probably has a saying for every day of the year, just little things from hands to make those bands, um, telling us how to take notes, different things with technique. He has one, how did the turtle get on the fence post? And he would ask me that question in high school. And I'm like, what is, what is he talking about? What does that even mean? That means allowing and accepting help from the guys around you because he didn't get there by himself. It's just little things like that. I promise you, he probably has a book full of sayings. <laughs> I mean, he's taught me a lot 
throughout my five years at Michigan State. So one other thing I wanted to talk about is your teammates. You mentioned, you know, you have a small circle. In that same letter, you had talked, you know, you thanked your teammates. You said, thank you guys for pushing me every day to not only become a better teammate, but a better person. Talk to us for just right. a minute about the impact that your teammates have had on you. Huge impact on me, you know, during that time. I needed brothers. I needed my brothers around me more than anything. Um, with my family being so far away, I felt like I didn't have anyone to turn to, anyone to talk to. My my teammates did a tremendous job of keeping my head high and, you know, keeping my spirits high. Me being in that situation, I leaned on them heavily as well. Just being around them in the locker room, being around them in the building, trying to hang out with them as much as I could off the field just to keep my mind off of it. I didn't let them use that as like a safety blanket over me. You know, if I wanted to make excuses and not work as hard, I even told them to probably push me harder. At the end of the day, I knew my end goal. And I knew if I kept that in the back of my mind and use it as an excuse rather than motivation, it would hurt me in the long run. So I, I leaned on them heavily in many different ways. And I think we, we all need to have teammates that we can lean on. Right. So that's great that you had a wonderful support system. And to those yeah. that are listening, I hope you're thinking about who are the people that you can lean on to help you be better and just also just to be there for you if you're struggling or need some help too. I want to ask you, being locked in on game day is important. Tuning out the noise, tuning out distractions. Talk to us about what do you do to stay locked in? I put my AirPods in and turn them as loud as I can. <laughs> but um, another thing, uh, Coach D'Antonio always really tried to uh, implement us turning off our phones the day of the game, you know, just to eliminate all the outside distractions. you got a job to go do on Saturdays and, you know, now potentially Sundays for me. But, you know, that's the day where you put all your hard work throughout the week together. You're not playing against the guys that are on the offensive side or the scout team. You're playing against a whole other team. So you really got to lock in for that. You have to generate your own energy. You have to really be locked in for that. You, you have to – it took a lot of intrinsic motivation. You have to really bring that out of you to motivate – not only you, but the guys around you, especially with it being a new environment with no fans. It takes a lot to be locked in, but it also is super easy if, if you really know what your what your end goal is. Every Saturday you, you step on the field, you want to win. Winning's not easy because someone has to win and someone has to lose. You just got to lock in the most you can throughout the day. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it, that makes total sense. I mean, if you're focused on what the end game is, it's easier for you to, to stay locked in because you know where you're trying to go. Exactly. I wanted to ask you, so you were invited to uh, participate in the Hula Bowl. Talk to yes. us about what it was like to uh, be out in Hawaii in Aloha <laughs> Stadium and playing in the Hula Bowl. It was an amazing experience, honestly. It was crazy. I've never experienced anything like that. I would sit on my balcony some days and I would just look around and it hit me one day and I said, I can't believe I'm actually sitting in Hawaii right now getting ready to play a football game. It was amazing just how far football has taken me. But it was obviously a business week. And then, you know, I went out there with that mentality. I locked in, like I said, for the weekend, um, you know, I had a pretty good game. And that was the biggest celebration to me was winning that game because I went out there with a goal and that, you know, I was able to accomplish that. But it was amazing being in Hawaii. And you had a really big play in the first half, second quarter. It was like third down and four. You ended yeah. up sacking uh, Peyton Ramsey, Northwestern quarterback. Talk to us about that moment and how did you feel? I felt great. My coaches always told me, you know, before you go pass us, have a plan. Like I was, I give a lot of credit to my, my Michigan State coaches. I remember the tendencies from when we played Northwestern, so I knew he was going to be a quarterback that liked to step up to, you know, uh, continue to play and uh, extend the play. So when I spent back to the face, like when I spent back to his face, I knew that he was going to be there. Like I planned it all in my mind because I had a similar sack against Northwestern. It was just muscle memory and um, 
you know, the preparation, just going into that and remembering his tendencies, you know, that helped a lot. And you guys ended up winning the Hula Bowl. So that's always great, right? To, to win yeah. in Hawaii. So that's awesome. And talk to us about Michigan State's Pro Day. How did you feel about uh, the Pro Day just a, a little while ago? I felt great about the Pro Day. It was, um, it was good to, you know, see everybody, see how everybody has been working during this time. I feel like everybody looked great. You know, I was able to drop some weight. Like I said, coaches were really impressed with that. I mean, when I left school, I, was, I weighed almost close to 340 pounds. When I weighed in, I weighed in at 313. It was a huge weight loss. I felt like that made me move a lot better. I had some, you know, I'm, I'm very hard on myself and I'm very judgmental on myself. And my agent told me throughout the entire day, like, man, you need to be celebrating this day. Like, you, you did great. But, you know, I just feel like I have room for improvement. So I wasn't really satisfied with what I accomplished, but it was a day closer to my goal and I accomplished that. There were some ups and downs about the day, but I felt like I gave it all I could give. Well, that's important to feel like you've given it all you've got. And I think, you know, people that strive to be elite, they're always looking at, well, what did, what could I have done better? It's a wonderful mentality to have. So what I want to do now to wrap up our show is I want to take you through my two minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yeah. D-linemen love two minutes. <laughs> all right. First question is outside of football. What do you like to do? I love to play basketball. What is your favorite professional sports team? Doesn't have to be football. The Miami Heat when LeBron and Orlando were on the same. What's your favorite movie? The Warriors. It's an old school movie. It's a very classic. I think it's probably one of the best movies ever made. Okay, I'll have to check that out. How about what is your favorite food? Ribs or shrimp. How about best piece of advice that you've been given? Like I said earlier, control what you can control. With me being an overthinker, I just want to, you know, take it day by day, control literally what I can control. Well, I think that's important, especially as you mentioned earlier, in this environment, there's so many outside things going on that you have to focus on what you can control. So my next question is, what piece of advice would you give to somebody? Basically, go into everything with the mindset that it could be your last day doing it. Just give it your all. Like I said, you get out what you put in. Make sure it's all there. You make sure y'all, you know, always put the pieces together. That's what I heard from Coach Burton at Michigan State. Absolutely. And then the last question that I'm going to ask is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Three famous people. Let's see. I'm going to probably invite LeBron James for sure. I want to say Mike Epps. He's, he's one of my favorite comedians. He's hilarious. So I just know the entire table would be black. If I'm going to bring LeBron, I probably am going to have to bring Kobe. RP to him. Just pick their brain. Um, I was actually, when I was in California, I was training at his facility. The stories I heard about him, you know, it was just, I mean, incredible. Being able to sit at dinner with two of the greatest guys. <laughs> I'll probably bring Michael Jordan too. If he, if he could do an honorary. Uh, there you go. But just to... <laughs> Just to, you know, pick their brain, figure out how they dealt with all the success with being uh, the best guys to go play their sport. And it's incredible. And then obviously Mike Epps, just to, you know, have a laugh. So Need some entertainment. My, Got it. That's, yeah, those are my three to four people I would invite. Okay, awesome. So tell people, how can they follow you on your journey? Follow me on Instagram at almighty93 underscore underscore. And then on Twitter at the almighty nay. I don't have a Facebook or <laughs> anything else, but. You know, those are good ways to keep up with me and what I have going on. I try to post as much as I can and not overdo it, but join me on the journey. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I wish you much success in the draft and in this next chapter. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.